Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 14th of October, the 287th day of 2019, with a mere 78 days until 2020. Last night, shining overhead around suppertime, October's full moon afforded us its simple magnificence. Also known as the Hunter's Moon, for reasons evident to many in Maine at the moment, testing their skills against various elusive animal life, such as moose, turkey, and duck, October's full moon is in the middle of several days when the moon rises only 30 to 35 minutes later each day than the day before, making for a shorter-than-usual lag time between successive moon rises. In other words, the lag time associated with the hunter's moon is about 20 minutes or so less than the annual average, which has most of our moon risings at about 50 minutes later than the day before. Deborah Bird of EarthSky.org tells us, quote, The reason for this is that the ecliptic, the moon's orbital path, makes a narrow angle with the evening horizon around the time of the autumnal equinox, close quote which for us was not long ago. Two days from now, the moon will pass below the Pleiades and above Aldebaran in Taurus, and by the end of the week, we'll be looking for the Orionid meteor shower. Of course, the immediate heavens can be fickle at best, the heavens in nearest proximity often interfering with our view of the heavens beyond our atmosphere, so that we behold a sky as it might be depicted in some Dutch genre painting, with tumultuous clouds testifying to the power of the winds that earlier in the day might have been kicked up by the sun. One wonders indeed whether nature in its entirety may be summed up in that classical Latin phrase, bellum omnium contra omnes, which translates as the war of all against all. Thomas Hobbes, some 350 years ago, took that phrase and ran with it in Leviathan, chapter 14, of the first and second natural laws and of contracts. Quote, and because the condition of man is a condition of war, of every one against every one, in which case every one is governed by his own reason, consequently it is a precept, or general rule of reason, that every man ought to endeavor peace, as far as he has a hope of obtaining it, and when he cannot obtain it, that he may seek and use all helps and advantages of war." That last part echoes Sun Tzu's The Art of War, from close to two millennia earlier. Do everything possible to avoid war, but if war cannot be avoided, choose the most effective measures to proceed with it. And speaking of war, today back in 1066, William, the Duke of Normandy, having earlier landed on the southern coast of England along with an estimated 7,000 to 12,000 men, and having constructed a castle in the area of Hastings, killed the Anglo-Saxon king Harold Godwinson, and subsequently in London received the capitulation of the English barons and Harold's uncrowned successor, Edgar Etheling. Otherwise known as the Norman Conquest, a rapid and steady change occurred in English culture because of William the Conqueror. 
by no means the least of the transformations. Transformations would be the linguistic transition from Old English or Anglo-Saxon to what would become Middle English. Changes in governance came about as well, including the formal elimination of slavery. Poetry, as many of us have learned, has its roots in the struggles of mankind, whom New England poet E.E. E. Cummings sometimes has called man unkind. Nonetheless, in this ancient transition, reaching back to the makers of epic poetry, to Homer and Virgil, and to the vast number of poets since, this weekend, on Friday, the 18th of October, and Saturday, the 19th of October, the Belfast Poetry Festival celebrates 15 years of being one of the few community-based poetry festivals in the country. On Friday the 18th at 7 p.m., Maine State Poet Laureate Stuart Kestenbaum will read at Left Bank Books, where reservations are recommended and taken at 207-338-9009. On Saturday the 19th from 10 to 11.30 a.m., the first ever Harbor Poetry Walk will take place on the Belfast waterfront. Ten poets and Belfast historian Megan Panette will lead the procession along the Harbor Walk from the Armistice Bridge to the Boathouse, with stops at the former cannery, Chicken Hill, Steamship Wharf, and other places of local historical import. The Unitarian Universalist Church of Belfast will be festival headquarters on Saturday, starting with a zine fair from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., featuring main zines, comics, bookmaking, paper arts, interactive installation, and more. A plowman's lunch follows from 12 to 1 p.m. with a rousing performance by the Belfast Bay Fiddlers. Lunch will be a modest $5. An open mic poetry reading next door at the Abbott Room of the Belfast Free Library is scheduled for 1.30 to 3 p.m. Saturday, with poets signing up from 1 p.m. on. The evening showcase and multimedia extravaganza, 6 p.m. at the Troy A. Howard Middle School Theater, will feature the collaborative work of poets with visual artists and performers interspersed with readings from winners of the main Postmark Poetry Contest. Some examples of such collaborations will be poet Lisa Penapento with materials and installation artist Andy Maury and poet Mark Melnikoff with visual artist Abby Sean. Belfast's annual poetry festival is made possible with support from the Maine Review, the City of Belfast, the Belfast Free Library, Belfast Hannaford, Eat More Cheese, and the Office of the Belfast Poet Laureate. For more information, go to belfastpoetry.org. For more on Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise, Here's to a fine mid-October Monday.